BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome to episode two of Divorced, Not Dead. Yay. (laughs) I'm in my house again, joined by Melissa, who is at the background, who's my assistant, very long suffering, and she will chime in if I miss or has any good stories to out me with halfway through. Or maybe if she's, you know, making herself sound better in a situation that she didn't come off well in. Ouch. Just kidding. Maybe you'll turn off your microphone. (laughs) So episode two, we have decided to be about how do you know when to pull the plug or how do you make that decision or, you know, when to stop trying? When is the right time? How do you know it's it's just never going to get any better and you should cut your losses and jump kind of thing? And I think that that's a question that's so funny to me that people have so many women come to me now because they're like, what made you do it? How did you know that it was over? And from the outside looking in, you know, there's nothing, was nothing wrong with my marriage. And, you know, that's not to say, by the way, I didn't have, like, I understand, you know, I'm not coming from an abusive relationship, from a relationship that had like anything that, you know, I couldn't have or he couldn't live with. But I think that we made a decision or I, you know, I started with me. I think we just got to a point where I think it's worse. I think it's indifference. And indifference is just no emotion. And also I think things like, you know, we were doing or I was doing the classic signs of like, you know, I'm so busy. I have like five or six different brands I work for now, which requires a lot of travel for me. And I think the travel was an excuse for me to escape sort of family life, my life. Um, and then it's very hard when both of you are traveling so much. Like my my husband has always, always traveled for his work. I think when both of you travel that amount of time, it's very hard to get then like a couple of weeks later when you've both been like free as a bird, come back and then be told by the other person what to do or what they expect of you because you're so free. And this is another thing that I try and tell girlfriends, be very careful because, or be careful what you wish for because you actually might get it. I used to, or my girlfriends, or you know, I think because I was, I've been to boarding school from six to 18. I went to work. So I've just always worked to get my freedom and I see like money as freedom. 
and I see money gives me all the things that I need. So I like sparkly things, which I never asked for my husband for, you know, obviously clothes. I like new things. I love, I love fashion. You know, it gave me the freedom to buy what I wanted. It gives me the freedom to travel whenever I want. It's very hard for a husband to say no to his wife if she's earning her own money and you're an equal partner in the marriage, you know, at some points, you know, where you both bring bring home or you have your own money. I mean, gone are the days, I think, or very few now that you get married and the man is expected to take care of everything. And I think that that's a big misconception that, you know, a lot of women have that they should be taken care of totally by the man because those salaries just don't exist anymore anyway. So then you become a two parent or a two income household, which is then difficult to sort of rein the other one in. So the husband wants the old fashioned way of living where the wife goes to work, comes back, cooks, looks after the children, cleans his shoes, gives him a blowjob before dinner, all of these things. Yeah, you may well laugh at it. Melissa, of course, is single. <laughs> you know, all of this sort of old school way of living, which doesn't exist anymore, nor should it. You know, I think when you you both go out to work, you're both tired, you both have these sort of roles to play that, you know, the house has become you become partnerships or you should be a partners in, in this relationship. And I think that's the difficulty. So I think my generation specifically, maybe not the new generation, but my generation is piggybacking off the last generation, which in my parents' generation, which are extremely old fashioned and the man should do this and the woman's, you know, does the home. So I am breaking all of those taboos. And, you know, out of my friends, my married friends, I mean, I think possibly 99% of them would think I'm a lunatic. A lot of them are divorced. A lot of them are divorced, but they've gone straight back into those roles of the woman is a homemaker and the husband goes out to work. I always needed my own thing. And I think what happens is that I, as I grew and grew and grew my persona, and I, I guess my husband would probably call me a borderline narcissist, which <laughs> Melissa is... Uh, holding on her breath. But um, I actually don't think it's that. I think that anyone in this world today who creates a successful brand or tries to create a successful brand has to have an element of self-belief. Otherwise, you know, you can't do what you do. You know, obviously I've built a career on the way I look, but a different kind of way I look, not because I'm a supermodel, but because I'm a mother of four, you know, 44 year old mother and that I, you know, I'm an obtainable look. It's not like having Gigi Hadid up on a billboard. It's like, you know, I, I, I could be possibly be you, you know, I'm the, the woman next door. And I think that's, you know, really why women have um, become so interested in me that at my age, I still dress, you know, young and I'm, I'm going out and I'm, you know, everyone's like waiting for my life to fall down because they see my house. They see my kids look happy. They see it's beautifully decorated. None of us seem to be starving and shaking in the corner. And, you know, and I'm I'm doing it all. And I'm here to say that women can have it all. Okay, yes, my marriage has broken down, not because of the, well, maybe it was. If I really look back when I was, you know, my husband was going to work for, you know, two weeks of every month in another country. And then I got my, then I got used to running the house and didn't really want his input when he came back, which is, you know, it's really hard when they tell you that they want it done a certain way, or you're going to run the kids a certain way when you've been doing it most of the time. 
then I got independent, then off I went, then I, you know, my jobs became bigger and bigger. And then I made a new friend group. And actually it's funny enough, like my friends in Los Angeles probably don't eat, I don't think they've ever known me as a mother, a mother of, or a wife, because, you know, I always traveled there to do I, my work, which is I was bringing surgeons back from the Middle East. And I was like, you know, finding new treatments to bring back here. So it was really, really interesting, but you know, it was a lot of travel. And so I think that that gave me also my own confidence, my own life. And I think when I moved here, my husband probably thought the show was over. I'm moving to Dubai. She's not going to know anyone. She'll settle down. This crazy side of her will go and she'll be my wife again. And it went just the other way. So, he, you know, no one's to blame, not me, not him. I think that, you know, my mother said something interesting, which was, you know, basically, how can you possibly choose the partner of your life from the age of 25 to 100. You cannot. We all, I think, you know, I think I touched upon this in the first one, but we all mature, grow and evolve. And if you haven't, well then, you know, I'm. it's a shame. It's a real shame for you. And I'm going to teach my daughter something different, which is, you know, we we do have different stories and each, you know, we do have different, it's like friendships. You have friends, you know, that come in and out of your life. You know, if I look back at the days, you know, when you have your baby and bless it, you, you, you make, you have all these good intentions and you, everybody's sort of so hopeful and young and in love and married. And, you know, they have friends that, you know, you make godparents maybe. And invariably along the way, these friends, you know, you, you, you change paths and you grow into different people. And I have obviously a few friends that I love, 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 and that will always be in my life. And, and then I have a few friends that have fallen by, by the wayside. And I think that, you know, my husband and I just became completely different humans. He didn't like the, my jokes. And I understand it. Look, I think I'm hilarious, frankly. But like, if you've heard these jokes for the seventh time, maybe they're not so funny. Don't understand it personally. But anyway, you know, uh, when the Caroline Stanbury brand is your brand, and maybe if you're married to it, maybe that's not so fun to come home on. He doesn't want to join the Caroline Stanbury train when everybody else around me is on it. You know, so it wasn't because of anything, it wasn't this catalyst moment. And I think I get so much, so many DMs on social media. Oh, was he unfaithful? Was he, and why is it always the man, by the way, that has to be unfaithful? You know, it's, it's equally women these days. It's equally men. You know, it, it's not about that. And actually infidelity is probably the one thing that most, most of us can, could have forgiven anyway. You know, I, I've got very, very weird views on all this stuff that, you know, I've watched a lot of TED talks and I don't believe that that's, you know, the number one reason for letting a marriage go. Because if that's the only reason you're letting your marriage go, you're setting yourself up for another fall. And also it's pretty sad because if everything else is working, then sometimes, you know, as we all know, for, I'm going to say for men and women, by the way, because I hate that they always say for men, men can have sex without feelings. So can women. I'm sorry. So can women. Women are just as capable of separating things in their heads as men are. But anyway, that again, I find that less of a reason than the reason of like just simply growing apart. Because if he's not your best friend, and your partner, and you can't have a real conversation, you know, where you're sort of on eggshells about how to react, how to talk to each other, and you're sort of pussyfooting around the house, and, you know, the house doesn't feel like your home, and we're waiting for one to go out. That, to me, is a reason. 
Not because he went out and bonked a girl for half an hour and came home, you know, not at all. The rest of my life, you know, is the reason that I would break up with somebody. So I, you know, and I, I'm happy to go into things like that because I'm, I will always get asked about what would you do? And, you know, in my situation or this situation where he's done this and, or she's done that, but it's just that I sort of woke up and I was like, it wasn't getting any better. And we were getting further and further apart. And I just woke up one day and thought, this isn't going to get any better. And I didn't want, I really didn't want to go to a therapist. I really didn't want to, I can't see how a therapist is going to tell you that you're still in love with each other or how to get it back if you're not. Like, what, what's she going to do? Or that, you know, and then I think, you know, picturing yourself on sort of a desert island kind of helps. And if you can't see that person next to you, you're like, it's over. You know, it's really over. Because you're like, okay, if I got offered a holiday to the Maldives tomorrow and the only person I've got is my husband to go with, what am I, I'd rather stay home. Then, you know, <laughs> girls, you've got a problem. And oh, a group of girlfriends. I have so many of my girlfriends and it's so funny because none of them, I mean, a lot of them I do understand their husbands never let them work. So they're all kind of trapped. I mean, it's hilarious. So the girl groups that go on holidays and they do all this stuff because they can't leave because they've got their husband's money and everything else. And they, you know, every weekend they go off together and they all have lunches and they spend their husband's money and they travel together and that's all they want to do. And I'm thinking, you know, I can see, I can read the signs. I really understand, but it's just too funny to me because they're all pretending to themselves that they, one of them, each of them has got a better marriage than the other and they all want out. They're all trapped. So anyway, I just woke up one day and I said, you know, we used to die at 50. We now die at a hundred. It's not like if I knew I was dying at 50, I'd have stuck it out, girls. You know, I would have got, I would have made it work. I've got my kids. I'm, I'll, I'll see it through to the end. You know, who doesn't want to see their grandchildren? Absolutely. You know, all these kind of things. But then I thought to myself, why am I saying I'm not going to see my grandchildren? Of course I'm going to see my grandchildren. I'm not going anywhere. You know, and at the end of the day, like me or not, you know, my poor husband or, you know, is stuck with me and, and, and vice versa. I mean, no matter where you get to, and that's the funny thing about divorce, by the way, we all have this giant panic that, oh my God, what am I going to do without him? I mean, if only, he's not going anywhere. I have to see him every bloody week. <laughs> For a handover, at least. So, like, I mean, I, there is no separation. There is no divorce. I, I speak to him just as much now as I did then, just via text. <laughs> and, you know, the quicker that you can make it work, that you're both friendly and everything else. And actually, you know, there have been times going through this and navigating this. The beginning was amazing. To be honest, the beginning was weirdly amazing. <laughs> we became really good friends. And, you know, I was trying to be like the perfect ex-wife. I think I'd read all of Gwyneth Paltrow's books and everything else. And I just pictured myself as Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow. And so I was going to be the best ex-wife anyone had ever had. And so he, you know, he, I was like inviting him to dinner every night. And then, you know, thinking that he could just lie by the pool in the day because his new apartment doesn't have a pool. Well, it does have a pool, but it's like, you know, it was like not open because of the pandemic. And um, so I was doing all that. Then I was still cooking his meals. And if his meals weren't cooked, I was sending them, you know, having them sent over, meal planning for them, doing the fridge, you know, all this kind of stuff in his clothes. And then suddenly I thought, hang on a minute, my situation's worse. I now have the kids full time. <laughs> he's now out the house 
doing God knows what. And I've got all the responsibility. How did that happen? And I don't get any privacy because basically he can just walk in and out of my house whenever he wants. I mean, hello, dream scenario for him. Then I was like, okay, no, that doesn't work. So boundaries, girls, from the very beginning, put in boundaries because all it does is prolong the agony because to be honest, so anyway, yes, started off best friends, really was going really well. In fact, we went out for dinners too. I, there was no difference except he had his own bedroom, which was across the road. And then the boundaries came in and I've got, I think that caused a bit of a wobble because I think it's very difficult for a man and, and, you know, decent men, because decent men who are going to look after their children and are going to take care of their ex-wives. And as I said many times, I far from seeing my marriage as a failure. I think it was actually one of the most successful marriages. I can't speak for my ex-husband, but for me, it was one of the most successful marriages I have seen of any of our friends, okay? Yes, it probably got messy at the end, but, um, you know, I defy you to find a marriage that doesn't get messy at the end. Otherwise, it's not the end, is it? So, you know, yes, there are stages of it, grief and anger and whatever else. I think as women, by the time we've decided to make that leap, we are pretty sure because... I've had my wobbles. I think most of it, I was in Los Angeles. It started about two, a year and a half ago. And I, I think, you know, I'd had my wobbles over there and I, I had a couple of panic attacks, which I'd never, ever had in my life, which, are, which is a very weird, weird feeling. One of them was actually in my hairdresser. And it's just trigger words. I don't know what it was. My hairdresser was just asking me something and it just, your body sort of just shuts down. And I, and, and I couldn't breathe very well. And I had, oh, and she's like the best hairdresser in LA too. So I literally had to rip the foils out because I called my doctor and he's like, you need to get that stuff off your head now. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't want to. She's fully booked for the rest of my life. Anyway, we took them out. She was super sweet. So I went straight to the hospital, took them out. And then she said, come back and she'd finish it. Bless her. Uh, you know who you are, Nikki Lee. <laughs> anyway, so um, I had my moments. I couldn't tell you what triggered them or why because... I actually was wondering why I wasn't having more of a reaction to it. I didn't really cry. I think I was, I had like, you know, I just think I was just, I just knew I had to do it and I, I knew I was ready. But then the panic attacks threw me because I was like, well, if I'm so ready and I know this, why am I panicking? You know, I should be fine. Um, but I'm here to tell you as well, no matter what, you will be fine. This is the scariest bit. It's like making the decision is the scariest bit and the hardest bit to do. But once you're over it, you know, you've made the decision. I think at the end, I guess me and I'm thinking about a girlfriend of mine, we made such a cock up at the end that I, I made it impossible. Or I think I did things to ensure that there was no way back, that my husband couldn't and I couldn't go all, you know, it's very easy to run back at the beginning because, you know, it's everything I've ever known since I was 25. So, you know, I always went to him if I had decisions to make, financial decisions, any decision, quite frankly. Um, is it sunny outside? What does it, what degrees is it? What should I wear? You know, even though I say I'm fiercely independent, I always asked him everything. So um, it's really weird not having that sounding board anymore. So sometimes, you know, more for habit, I was like, oh, you know, maybe. And then it was so hard for me to 
see the kids go back and forth. I think it's really hard for the children because actually the divorce is sort of putting on them because I stay in my house. I, I've been very, very lucky. And, you know, Jem moved and the kids have to go back and forth, which is really hard on them because obviously in their their world, they want us together and they don't understand. And I considered, by the way, I really did consider this, in staying in a bigger house and living downstairs and him living upstairs. I don't know. I mean, I must have been mad. I don't know how that would have worked. But I mean, actually, for people that aren't, it's not financially stable or possible. Like, you know, I think my brother was moving back in with Sophie for this, his ex-wife at some point. But this is after two, three years of being separated where they are actually really, really best friends. And for the sake of bills and not having two households, they had agreed it before the pandemic to move back in. So, you know, it can work. And I think that you know, if you can maintain a friendship and if you can try and keep that, because your kids go through everything anyway, but, and they're not stupid. But I think as long as, if you try not to drag the kids into it, I think that is the most important thing. And that has been quite hard. I will admit like this, that, that part I'm going to go into about having, you know, two households with the children sort of in the next episode, but that that's been one of the hardest things. And getting to know yourself. So I just think that, you know, you no one can tell you when it's right. You'll you you always know. I think normally we push boundaries, like you'll see girlfriends. I can recognize it in my girlfriends. They either start partying more, drinking more, going home less, flirting more. Oh, I don't know. I think, you know, husbands, we kind of uh, kind of condition their wives as well. A lot of times that, you know, at our age or with this many children, you'll never find anybody else. So a lot of women stay in relationships because they're scared to be alone. And I, as I've said before, alone for me is a total luxury, frankly. So, um, you know, I really wouldn't be scared of that, girls. You get to spend time alone. Lucky you. Because there'll come a time where you don't, you won't be able to have any time alone. Anyway, so I think that those really are things that you can see. You can notice in yourself, behavior changes, you just dress up more. I mean, I guess it's like the sign of, I mean, my husband would say that it was a midlife crisis. I don't believe it's a midlife. I mean, a midlife crisis, I think, you know, regardless of him or anything else, I think we're all going to have it. I think it's like a coming of age and understanding that, oh my God, in five years, well, I'm 44 now, but in six years, I'm 50. And yes, if you want to call that my midlife crisis, okay, fine. It's a midlife crisis, but I don't find it a crisis. I just simply know that it's kind of now or never, you know, what's the point of getting divorced when I'm 60? I mean, what's the point? I'm either going to build a whole nother life or I'm going to stay in my old one. You know, you can't have one foot in, one foot out. And I see a lot of that where they go and have their fun somewhere else and come home. That doesn't get you anything except anxiety, guilt. And I'm not necessarily saying that anything's happening. They might just be having their fun with their girlfriends, travel. You know, I'm just saying that that doesn't bring you happiness. You need to be able to get your happiness within your home and to be yourself within your home. You know, the one thing I've realized now, and even with my wobbles and like, did I do the right thing ever? Or, you know, looking at the kids and thinking, oh God, you know, um, and packing up my home now, it's like, wow. I mean, I'm really glad that I'm moving, to be honest, because that's just, again, closing the last door on this chapter. But now I'm like super excited too for the future. I've really twisted in my own head, which is like, I'm still going to have my family. 
even if I'm alone, I'm moving to a beautiful home, which it will be my own. And I love it. I've got all my animals around me. I've got my kids around me. I've got so many friends. I'm working more than I ever have. I'm taking all of you guys on this journey with me. I'm super excited for the, what the future holds. I'm not scared at all, re- weirdly. And I just know that as a woman, you know, I mean, especially when, look, I've, I'm on social media. I get hit on every single day. I think it's absolute rubbish that older women can't find men. And I wish that older women had more confidence because from what I've understood, men love older women. And I'm living in Dubai and I hear it all the time. They love them. We're more secure. We're comfortable in our own skin. We know what we want. We will know what we won't accept. We know what we will accept. We are able to have fun. We are not lost. We, we've had our kids. We're not desperate to get married and do all that rubbish again. You know, and if we are then, you know, we're super excited to have a do-over as well. So, you know, all of these things makes us very attractive, very, very attractive. And if you hold yourself together, girls, you have the right doctors and the right skincare around you, we can look, I can look better than some, you know, 30-year-olds, frankly, that haven't taken care of themselves. So, like, I feel better. I train more. I'm healthy. My hair's you know, getting better, like everything, my skin's better. Like I'm super happy in my own skin. I really, really am. I am happy where I am. And if this is it and I'm going to be alone, I'm also happy with that. Either way, the man should be the cherry, not the cake. That's what I always say. And, you know, I think that really to wrap this up, I just wanted to say that, you know, divorce has to be, has to be a personal choice. I really cannot bear girlfriends, meddling girlfriends. Don't take it from anyone else. Only listen to yourself. Only you understand the dynamics of your marriage. Only you wake up with you. Only you look in the mirror. Only you are going to have to live with this decision. Girlfriends always have an ulterior motive, even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be to be uh, mean and it's not meant to be, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily where they even know they're doing it. But a lot of girlfriends, I noticed girlfriends couldn't wait for me. Some couldn't wait for me to be single. It means that, you know, I get to go out with them. I become more of a party friend for them. I'm more available. All of these things. If you've had a problem in your marriage, go to a counselor, go to someone who's a third party, Go, go to someone that's going to give you all the wrong advice to suit them. Maybe they've got divorced. Maybe they can't wait to have a single girlfriend around them. Maybe, you know, for just, there's just so many factors. Just try and listen to yourself or try and live, listen to someone who's either been through it. I mean, I also got told by many, many girlfriends who are divorced, which was sweet, who said, don't do it. Stick it out. There's no good men out there. Again, not advice I'm going to take. I'm not going to stay in a marriage because, you know, I'm not sticking out another 50 years of my life. How the hell do you do that? And also, because there's no good men out there. Well, then fine, I'll be on my own. Uh, you know, that's another ridiculous thing to say. It's like saying all men are playboys, you know, until they, they are, until they settle down. And they are until they find the perfect woman. You know, it's just, there's there's always a good man. There's always a good, good relationship that I will be fine. I'm not worried. And I, and it wasn't for anybody else. I, I don't, don't divorce for anybody else. Divorce for you. Make the decision for you and then decide what you're going to do. And that way your conscience is always clear. You will always have clarity and whatever happens next 
will be hopefully the ride of your life. So that's it really. So that's episode two. And I hope you liked it. And I hope you'll tune into episode three and sort of making the transition, what it involves, living with an ex and sort of getting through the next stages. And actually that was and is the toughest part, not the actual telling them. (laughs) The next step's really hard. So you just have to stay strong. So if any of you are going through this right now, stay strong. Tune in next week. I hope this helps. And I send you all love and light from Dubai. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 